Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Tio. Hello, hello. I am Tio. I play Claire. Claremont, that's K. Nope, that's not right. That's C L A R E. No relation to any Claires that I know. I'll be upfront about that. And I am a forgotten vessel. What about any Claires that you don't know? Yeah, all of the ones I don't know. Okay, right. I've definitely been spelling it with an I this entire time. It is spelled with an I on my chart. I just biffed it. So it it goes both ways. (laughs) The I comes and goes as it pleases. Yeah. Yeah. There's no I in Claire unless there is. She has trademarked both versions of her name. Of course. Of course. Uh, Hannah. Hello. Welcome. Greetings. Salutations. I'm Hannah, and I play Max, the Paradox. It's M-A-X. That's it. And Kyle. Hello, I'm Kyle, and I play Duncan Oliver, the Vox. Duncan with a D. Excellent. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Quinn with a Q. (laughs) And we're going to get to it. (laughs) The sky over somewhere booms with thunder as two titans collide outside of City Hall. The ground shakes violently as they come to blows. One, a colossus of currency, chrome chitin, and panoply of prosperous protuberances lashing out violently at its mountainous opponent. The behemoth brewer, Jeremy Dunlap, is slashed over and over again, relentlessly splattering the fields below with thick sheets of ropey red blood. As he staggers backwards, a small shape appears on the Claire-like countenance of the Clunkanax, a person of Lilliputian proportions to the two prodigious pugilists. Undeterred, Solar the Moonslayer scales the beast's burnished face. They produce an ornate partisan spear and stab it directly into the amalgamation's right eye. The ensuing metallic shriek is underscored by another ominous clap of thunder. Jeremy seizes the brief respite and pushes himself back to his feet, tearing the telephone pole from the ground as he goes. He swings for the fences, connecting with the Klonkanax and dislodging an ostentatious spray of riches from its torso. Below, the blow rings hollow, however, as the blood-soaked lawn of City Hall is bombarded with golden shrapnel. The battle lines of the bureaucracy, once flawlessly formed and formidable, are now ruinously disarrayed. A muddled, riotous melee is underway between the civil servants and the assorted affluence, rapidly reforming into miniature amalgamations. The free-for-all brawl threatens to engulf Bowie and their coterie of municipal economists, though they scarcely seem to notice. Their eyes instead are turned skyward, reading frantically from their forecast and gesticulating wildly as a funnel cloud begins to distend from the storm above, accompanied by an inauspicious chorus of cash registers ringing. Max, you remain steadfastly secured to Jeremy's shoulder. Duncan and Claire, you are on the lawn below at the edge of the battle between the bureaucracy and the swarm of mini-clunks that Clunkanax Prime is shedding with each blow. What do you do? I pull out my secret weapon. Oh, yes. Which I don't think I've used yet all season. Oh. It's a small green pocket knife. (laughs) (laughs) He looked at me like, are you going to allow it? Are you going to allow it? And I'm like, I don't know what you're about to say. (laughs) I click it open. Click, swip. The little like one inch blade slips out. And I, and That's I look a at that, very small and I, blade. And I look up at Clunkanax Prime, <laughs> and I look back at my pocket knife, and I look at Claire. I think maybe I should help the economists. <laughs> Claire very sagely nods. 
Claire also doesn't know what an economist is, so <laughs> yeah, I catch on to that. Duncan catches on as Claire's nod continues, and I point over to Bowie and the economists and say, "Could you clear me a path?" Yes. Claire, you can discern the economists because they're swathed in what look like white togas, but they actually appear on closer inspection to be unspooled reams of printer paper with ledgers printed all over them. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And you can see numbers floating off towards the sky as they gesticulate and intone their economic forecasts. Oh, boy. (laughs) I think Claire goes, oh... The money things that, like, keep my account fresh. Got it, got it, got it. I didn't know they had a name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How do I clear a path for you? My word. Between us and there is a, the whole fight, right, of the mini clunks. Mm-hmm. Clunkanoxen. Clunkanoxen. Clunkanoxi. The miniature I, I've heard it always. I've heard it pronounced both ways for the creature we just <laughs> created. <laughs> it's, I think, a regional thing. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. On the, other side, on the other side yeah. of Jackson Street, we say clunkin' oxen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think all the people that I have brought here. I don't know how many of them are still around because we had had them bring tote bags and things and mm-hmm. take the mini, the clunkin' oxen. There's a small crowd of people gathered at the edge of the lawn, and as the titans clash overhead and valuables rain down, before they're able to sort of reform into mini-clunks, or when one of the co-compliance officers is able to dispatch one of the mini-clunks, the members of the crowd dart in and scoop up a little bit of assembled valuables, and then sort of retreat out of the fray. So yeah, they're there as well, doing their part. Doing their part. (laughs) (laughs) Ask not what York. Okay. All right. So I probably shouldn't call on them. They've got a job to do. Okay. I think I stand in front of Duncan and I'm wearing a very stylish cinched belt. Okay. And tell me more. I take it off. Uh-huh. It's a faux what? leather vegan. Faux. Faux. Mm. Mm. Faux leather vegan. It's the hide of a vegan. Okay. It's the, yeah. <laughs> faux leather vegan. Yeah, faux. 100% vegan. Was their yes. name. Faux was their name. You get a <laughs> card. It's, yeah. you know, farm to table kind leather of Leather from your faux. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, from your faux. <laughs> F-O-E leather. Faux leather. Faux vegan that's what, leather. That's what happens when you cross Claire legally. <laughs> well, this is going to make what I was about to say much darker because I was going to say that the buckle is an eye. Yep. It looks like an eye. This, this all tracks. <laughs> yep. This all tracks. Yep. It's a bedazzled, cute eye. It's not a real eye. Okay. Anymore. Oh, boy. Uh, that's up for interpretation. I'll let you all decide how dark Claire really is. But anyway, she unhooks it, pushes the pupil. And as she pushes the pupil, it inflates into a bright purple, very large boa. Like if you had an airplane pillow, but like, you know, one long boa (laughs) of it. Sure. Yeah. She wraps this around Duncan. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Comfortable. For safety. And then she takes the end of it and ties it to her pants so you're basically, it's like a children's yeah. leash situation. I'm just imagining that you like put Duncan behind you and put this belt around the two of you. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> uh, and then, although now it's a big cushiony sure, yeah. boa, 
And then she's mm-hmm. going to book it with her nails out, screaming a guttural orchestral EDM song. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> and it goes a little something like this. Yeah, I hate this. <laughs> yes. Incredible. Okay, so you're you're screaming this EDM song and and charging headlong into the brawl. Yep. Fabulous. And I'm making myself very small attached to her back by this comfy boa. Okay. Claire, why don't you give me a roll to fight for your life? That is an eight. On a seven and nine, you and your enemy inflict harm on each other as established. So what does this look like as you get into the fray between the staid code compliance officers and their red tape ties slashing away at miniature, although what used to kind of be the normal size of the Clunkanax, like a <laughs> yeah, large dog, mini clunks in this wild frenzy? This might be a deep cut for some of our younger audience members, but this is Roadrunner. <laughs> she has uh, dislocated both of her shoulders and is just circular motion scratching as she runs. And so really what the guttural EDM is doing is it's basically like a warning sign, like move out of the way. There will be no discernment between friend and foe. <laughs> this is pure chaos energy coming at you. Yeah, I think the code compliance officers give you a pretty wide berth as your presence is announced on the battlefield with this fat beat. (laughs) (laughs) You charge headlong into the fray, connecting, I think, with one of the mini clunks and your razor sharp claws just shredding it. And you see some of the code compliance officers dive in to finish it off, slicing to shreds the remaining bits of gold and pogs, kicking the piles apart while they're trying to reform. Your inertia carries you a good ways into this melee, but on a seven and nine, you are sort of bogged down in the fight, both because there are co-compliance officers who, in their own sort of self-defense, I think are throwing up red tape uh, to to slow you down, and then mini clunks that are taking little nicks and bites out of you as you pass by. You notice as you're going that all of the mini clunks, as they attack you, have your face. Oh... Like, as they turn to face you, they swivel and put your face up uh, like they can recognize you. Huh. Mm. So, go ahead and take one harm. Okay. Oh, wait. I can avoid the harm and inflict my weapon's harm on the enemy. I will do that because I have a clear vestige track now. (laughs) Yeah. Does that look like anything in particular or is it just like a frenzied windmilling continued, unabated? (laughs) (laughs) Even more. No, I think that... And this is against the Clunkanax or against the red tape? The mini clunks. The red tape is more like defensive. Just getting in the way. Yeah, like... Please, <laughs> please <laughs> don't, no. mul- don't mulch me. Please, I don't want to be threshed. Yeah. I want to... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What kind of damage does the Clunkanax do? Like, is it a, a hitting? Is it a slashing? Is it a burning? Is it a biting? Is it a biting? That's a good question. It's a combination of biting with their three mouths, and then you'll recall they have an assortment of mismatched appendages, many of which can bludgeon or slice. So it's kind of a combination uh, effect. I think then what happens in response is as 
they attack me, I tilt my claws a little bit and like start making a motion with my hands, like not so indiscriminate when I'm hitting back at them as it goes by. And what I have done is I've scratched a symbol into them that is kind of like my own NFT. That is the damage that I'm doing is I'm making them like Claire coin NFT <laughs> instead of whatever they like, think they are. It's like Zorro. You're minting them with your yeah. coin <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I kind of want you to roll to embrace chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you're interacting with them on a financial level. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, that's a seven. Oh, I was so close to being bad. On a seven and nine, you choose one and I choose one. Okay. Feels like inflict harm, probably. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so one of your bespoke bedazzled nails collides with another mini clunk. It's just a tiny scratch, but it contorts and starts collapsing in on itself until it's just a little miniature pog with a etched image of your face on it as you have reformed it into Clairecoin. And the value of Clairecoin is pretty minimal right now. So, um, Right now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's to your advantage. You don't want it to be good right now. I know, but the ego inside Claire is like, well, for now. <laughs> So as you pass by, you reduce another two mini clunks to Claire coins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Duncan, are you doing anything while you're along for the ride here? Or are you just like hanging on for dear life? I'm because I'm kind of tied to Claire's back. I've kind of just picked up my legs and scrunched my arms in to just become as small as possible because everything around me is a Claire thresher. I'm just trying to stay out of the way until I can get dropped off. Camera rolling, of course. Of course. Then let's take a moment and jump to Max. Yes, yes, here I am. You are standing atop Jeremy. Actually, I think I said shoulder in the intro, but I think you were actually in Jeremy's ear. Aloft in the Clash of the Titans, the Currency Colossus versus the Bearded Behemoth. Nice. Solar, you can see, is hanging on by their ornate partisan spear, mm-hmm. which is embedded in Clunkanax Prime's eye. Oh, sick. Jeremy and the Clunkanax have both landed some pretty rough blows. It looks right now like the Clunkanax has the upper hand. If for no other reason than it is still reabsorbing some of the valuables that have been dislodged from it. Some of them have reformed into mini clunks and and others have been taken by the crowd, but it does still seem to have the upper hand currently on Jeremy. Okay. What do you do? I mean, first, I just want to put in a little aside that Max is feeling the wind in her hair and the bloodlust is running free. Like, this is fucking great. Max is super duper pumped. (laughs) You said that Solar poked out one of its eyes. Which one of its eyes? The right eye of... I think it's got Duncan's face right now. It has all three, but Duncan's face is facing Jeremy. And what seems to have been the results of Solar poking out Duncan's eye on the Clunkanax Prime? Definitely hurt. Clunkanax Prime recoiled and it gave Jeremy a chance to like reset his feet, kind of get his bearings. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Clunkanax seems to still be able to see just fine, but it certainly hurt. Okay. <laughs> 
Quinn, I want Jeremy to like, not throw me. This is not like a fastball. Counterpoint though, can it be? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I want him to launch me. And then I will poke out the other eye with my giant sword. Fucking incredible. Yes. Toss me. You're yeah. going to have Do- to toss me. Toss me. Toss me. <laughs> oh, my God. Please tell me you whisper that in Jeremy's ear. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredible. Okay. Give me a roll to face fear. Okay. Uh, it's a seven. Okay. Just scrape by. <laughs> God, I'm glad I got that plus one. I will offer you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. So for this to work, one of two things will happen. Okay. Either your sword is going to be stuck in the Clunkanax's left eye, in the mm-hmm. Clunkadunkin's <laughs> Dunkanax. It's already a portmanteau. It's, unc- it's like yes. a, a port portmanteau too. <laughs> portman duo. Anyway, either your sword is going to be stuck in its eye, or in wrenching it out, you are going to fall. If I fall, what happens, Quinn? Harm. Okay. Okay. Um... <laughs> when Duncan fell, he suffered three harm. You're six stories up. <laughs> Follow up to that. We're on top of ground. Are we on top of like a subway system or is there anything beneath the ground that we're standing on? I, I think there's something under City Hall. I don't know. I don't know. know if we're allowed to know. There's got to be a lot of stuff under City Hall. I, Quinn, don't know, and I don't think Max knows what's under City Hall. But there probably is something. <laughs> I'm going to pick option number two, where I wrench the sword out and I fall. Okay. So what does this look like as Jeremy throws you and you strike the Clunkanax? I think Jeremy does a very gentle underhand throw. It's sort of like if you had like a little baby bird and you were like, fly, little baby bird, except this baby bird has a giant sword. He tosses me and I go flying through the air screaming and I've got this thing like above my head, both hands on it. And I imagine that the Clunkanax startled by this, which to it, the scream is like, it hears that. (laughs) And it turns just in time for the sword to come, like, right down. And I hold on to it, but it's like hitting a gong. (laughs) And as I'm wrenching it out, I've got my foot on, like, its eyelid. I wrench it out, and I fall backwards off the Klonkanax. Incredible. There's a ghoulish, metallic, screeching shriek as you wrench it out and a spurt of pogs follows you down as you plummet from the Clunkanax's head towards the ground. You fall for a second or two and then you hit the ground and uh, take three harm. I do not take three harm. I mark an anomaly to do quantum leap, and I go sliding through the earth into whatever is underneath. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh. Crushed by the ground, five hard. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) That's why I wanted to know it was underneath. (laughs) I forgot about that move. You hadn't done that in a while. Okay. I haven't. You made it more difficult between our beta testing. (laughs) I did. And our real testing. I just gave it an essence cost. (laughs) Yeah. You don't hit the ground, you slide through it. (laughs) We'll say that as part of this, you can kind of like 
slow yourself that in the earth? That was my hope. It's like it slows it. Maybe I take some damage, but not a full three damage. Yeah, we'll say just one harm. I don't know if you can Perfect. completely negate it. Am I allowed to negate that one harm by my timeless move? Anytime I would take harm, I suffer one less. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah! Of course, I'm underground now, so. Yeah, hey, team. <laughs> yeah. We got to figure this out now. What's under City Hall? Where am I? Hmm. This is the grounds is right outside City Hall, right? So. Yeah, it's the municipal lawn. Right. Well, the first level is probably a long-abandoned parking garage. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, okay. Hold on, hold on. Can I add to the lore here? Please. The abandoned parking lot. Every stall says you need a permit that doesn't exist. And one of the parking stalls has like four different signs on it. And if you can find out the riddle of which hour of the day you can actually park there, you say that number to the sign and the floor falls out from underneath you and you end up one floor below, which is... I look at Kyle slash oh, Hannah. And there, surely there's layers of records at some yep. point underneath City Hall. Yes. Records. Okay. There's a cinema, a bu- bureaucratic like, <laughs> movie theater. A bowling alley. Yeah. Bowling oh, yeah. Alley. There's uh, the, rec alley. the rec center. The rec center is under the parking garage. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Hannah, anything to add to the lore? The bowling alley only does midnight bumper bowling. The black light is always on. Okay. Always yes. on. There's a bunch of pinball machines there, but they don't operate on coins. They operate on like the honor system. But when you lose, if you lose bad enough, you lose some teeth. So that is why they're in the basement. The teeth climbing pinball machines. They weren't built that way, though. It just happened. No. Yep. I love the malicious pinball. Can I add one last thing? There's also a gym, but it's just treadmills and the TVs in the gym (laughs) are playing the local public access channel and nothing else. Love it. (laughs) Incredible. Max, you fall through the municipal lawn and enter into what appears to be a derelict abandoned parking garage. So you fall through a couple layers of parking garage, each strata subsequently more abandoned, more forsaken than the last until you at last land with a thud, an uncomfortable bruising thud, but uh, no harm taken at the basement level of the garage. Yeah, so I think I land right on my ass. I stand up and I look around and I guess I got to get back up and join the fight. Is there an elevator? Is there is there anybody else in the parking garage with me? Am I by myself? Why don't you give me a roll to assess reality? Oh boy. Okay. I am now in a cursed parking garage. Oh god. Oh, let's make it the creepiest parking garage ever. No, 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 Hannah. You should not have done that. Well, it's a five. You start looking around and there's almost no light in here. The fact that there is any light at all should serve as something of a foreboding sign because it doesn't seem to be coming from anywhere in particular. It's just this dull brownish red tinged light that seems to exist in a vacuum. But in that light, you start trying to suss your way out and there doesn't appear to be any like ramps or stairs or elevators, just a winding twisting labyrinthian parking garage. There's all sorts of pillars and small walls that you assume at one point must have been load-bearing. Otherwise, why would they build them, right? 
But as you're searching, you turn the corner, and from behind you, you hear the sound of an engine idling. Quinn, I'm so scared. I like that. Our top fighter is now four levels deep underneath us, <laughs> fighting an entirely separate battle now. Yeah. It's incredible. I love it. Let's jump to Claire and Duncan. Duncan, Claire is reverse Don Quixote-ing, and you're strapped <laughs> to her back. You see this wild acrobatic aerial maneuver by Max, who straight up just disappears into the ground. <laughs> As Klonkanak's prime lets out another feral scream, you see that funnel cloud start to push downward. And as it does, it divides into numerous smaller cyclones that are reaching down towards the ground. And you hear panicked cries from the economists on the other side of the battlefield. As soon as I'm kind of close to Bowie and the economists, I think I want to unbuckle myself and kind of tuck and roll off of this combine harvester that's running okay. through the mini clunks. You are close. You've got some battlefield between you and the economists. There's kind of like a last line of elite right. code compliance officers, but you're not there yet. So what do you do? I think I kind of tap Claire and go, thanks. I got it from here. And with some effort, undo the boa that's <laughs> holding me up. Um, it hisses. Uh -huh. uh, I tickle it in just the right spot. Um, <laughs> As it releases me, I kind of like cover my head, just like tuck all limbs and try to dive roll out of the way of the swinging arms, gather my senses and run through that last line, not unlike a messenger running through enemy lines. Incredible. <laughs> Dead down, stay low. Got my jacket that's got all the patches. WSM. It's like, <laughs> hold that up over my head like I'm running through the rain. Give me a roll to face fear. Yes, uh, it's plus zero, but I rolled a nine. On a seven to nine, I'll offer you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. I think you can make it there, but you're going to get beat up a little bit on the way. Or you can make it there, but you are going to lose some of your gear. My gear. I don't have a lot. I guess I've got my camera I've been filming this documentary on. <laughs> I think either your pocket knife or your recording equipment. Oh, no, my extremely useful and formidable pocket knife. Hey, you never know. I'll take some scrapes. Yeah, so go ahead and mark one harm. Okay. You're lashed by mini clunk talons and tendrils, and I think one nips at your heels a little bit. The Duncan face mm -hmm. chomps down on your Achilles, and you drag it for a few steps before a sharp red sword slices off its head, and then you're able to kick the head off because it's still biting you because mm -hmm. Clunkanax... Clunkanaxi don't have internal organs, um, but yep. yeah, you're able to make it to the last line of defense for the bureaucracy. The few code compliance officers and the handful of economists along with finance director Bowie. Yeah, I like to imagine that I break into the inner clearing, kicking off this micro clunk, altogether not entirely distinguished <laughs> in my entrance. I scramble up to Bowie and say, Bowie, Duncan, WSOM, what's the situation? The economy's wrath is here. Bowie points skyward, kind of a long, outstretched hand, and you can see the tendrils of this storm are reaching down. And amidst the funnel clouds, you swear you could see symbols 
dollar signs swirling between the clouds. Pog branding. Yeah. And these tendrils <laughs> are very close now to reaching the ground. And you could see across the municipal lawn as they get closer to the ground, pogs, debris and detritus, branches and leaves and other sundry items start to like lift up off the ground towards the funnels. Mm-hmm. Bowie looks at you wide eyed and says, the recession is here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hmm. So these tendrils are just coming down randomly throughout the field and just picking up stuff. Yeah. Are they getting sucked up into a nebulous space in the sky or just flung all over the place? Yeah, there's a big storm overhead, basically. Bowie, are you trying to prevent this or what? I Maybe could I natural interview Bowie, the <laughs> economist? <laughs> sure. Sounds good. I might have a different idea. (laughs) Plus cheek. Okay. Ooh, that's a seven. Hold one on a seven. What does this person want? As in, what's the goal, aim, and purpose of the economists out here? Bowie looks at you briefly and they say, we've been doing everything we can to appease the economy, but it's getting more wild as this thing upsets the natural order of supply and demand. We've been trying to offer tax incentives. We did some budget cuts. We made some investments in community centers. We've tried everything. We're running out of ideas. I grab him by the shoulders. Bowie. What? You've been trying to control the economy. Influence it. Rein it in. You have to be like water. Move with the economy. I've never understood a metaphor in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. This this explains a lot. (laughs) Spoken like a true economist. I point up to this guy where the economists, these numbers are spewing out from their incantations. But I want to point out, just be like, we can use it. Let the funnels fall, but nudge where they land. You wild man. Are you proposing a stimulus package? (laughs) (laughs) Don't know. (laughs) The council's not going to like it. And the council's not going to like City Hall getting turned into gold doubloon dust. Give me a sway roll. Uh, this has plus two to sway. Ah. Oh, Six. no. On a miss, you might offend or scare them, tarnish your reputation, or make a rival. Man, this happened the last time I talked to economists, too. <laughs> Duncan's not good with economists. Uh, not really. Don't no. see eye to eye. Duncan, I guess, speaks in metaphor, and it's completely lost on them. May I simply interject here? Talking to economists is always a minus one, lose, lose. As the great <laughs> Jeneth, Jeneth, whoops, John Jen- Kenneth Galbraith <laughs> said. Yeah, not Jeneth, but I like the combination of his name. It's good. He was quoted as saying that God created economists to give astrologists a better reputation. And he was a leading American economist. (laughs) This is amazing. I feel good about reading my horoscope then. He like wrote the books on post-Keynesian economics. And that is one of his most known quotes. I was going to say, that's a very Keynesian thing to say. What? (laughs) Keynesian rising, you know. (laughs) But what's in retrograde? Is it Adam Smith? Oh, my God. Don't get me started. There's a great book called uh, Who Cooked Adam Smith's Dinner? All about how his mom took care of him his whole life. And that's why he was able to do what he did. Anyway, back on topic. In addition to bureaucratic tarot cards, we're going to need some economic astrology. Uh, Oh, yes. yes. Oh, man. We're going to have a whole. Mm -hmm. Let's start an app. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
Tell us your birth date and your gross monthly income. <laughs> you're, you're reading. Hold on. Your tax. What's your tax bracket? We're just inventing Amazon, you guys. Let's just go back to what we were doing. <laughs> okay. Anyways, right, I fucked up and I made a mad, a mad economist. Yeah, I think Bowie looks at you and they, for a moment, they seem like they're considering it, and then they shake their head and they're like, "No, no, it would, it's too. It would never work. It would never work. The council would be furious. I won't do it." I'm filled with resolve for my earlier success and say, fine, give me that. And I snatch his economist's almanac. I think the other economists around them have balance sheets, but Bowie has like the financial Bible itself, the city budget in all of its glory. So if you are trying to wield the power of economics, give me a roll to embrace chaos. I grab it and I <laughs> town hall meeting. And I want to, yeah, I want to wield this to try to do the thing I want to do. Now, this surely will be work because this is a minus one on this roll. So the other ones are plus two. Are you going to push yourself? If I do, I'm out. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Claire, do you want to help out? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Time out. Pause. Duncan. Smash pivot. Someone like slaps the camera and it flips 180 degrees into the battle. <laughs> and we see Claire. Claire, you see Duncan wrench the city budget from Bowie's hands, mm -hmm. but there's still too many clunks between you and the economists. I grab the mini clunks, slash them with my Claire coin, and as I do that, I'm yelling at the economists, I've created my own currency, and I'm <laughs> charging people for it. Look at me! Trying to get their attention. <laughs> uh, okay, give me a roll to fight for your life. <laughs> That's an 11. Okay, Whoa. choose your extra effect. Oh, I want to take something from them. <laughs> I, feel, I don't know why I ask. You always choose that option. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love the idea of stealing from my enemy. <laughs> Where do you think that you... belt came from? <laughs> yeah. Your faux leather. What do you take from the mini clunk? My head. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Claire... <laughs> digs her nails into one of the mini clunks head the rest of the mini clunk turns into a claire coin but she rips the golden likeness of herself off and does something with it but you now have a, a golden mask of your own face oh i put them onto the belt like trophies all right amazing uh you are gonna take one harm that's fine I will eventually take them off the belt and make them into cute little earrings, but for now. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's the harm on your nails? One. Entropic. Okay. You put it on your boa belt, and I think the ranks of the code compliance officers part as you step forward. <laughs> if you would like to help out Duncan and use one of your essence, yep. Duncan, you can roll 3d6. Mm. Claire, how are you helping out? Besides just the distraction of having the economists realize I'm creating my own currency? Oh, uh, that would help. Yeah, sure. You stride forward talking about ClaireCoin and the other economists break focus. And now no one is working against Duncan to control the municipal response to the economy. I'm literally looking at the economists and going like, yeah, there's no regulation. It's completely in my hands. What could go wrong? The most terrifying word to the economists is decentralized. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Duncan. Okay. 
Okay, okay. I get to drop a one. That is a seven. Okay. <laughs> on a seven to nine, you choose one and I choose one. Oh, boy. I mean, I think the one I was going for is briefly wield this power's effect. What does that look like? I take the budget Bible and just kind of give it a quick glance. It's all pretty indecipherable to me, I think. Yeah. I don't know what I'm looking at, but maybe I recognize that physical manipulation of this book has some sort of effect. So like I fold a page and crease it and the funnels kind of wiggle in a certain direction. Like the numbers of these forecasts push a certain other direction. I like tear a little bit of a page and it starts to act a different way. And so I start like wiggling the book like a eldritch game controller (laughs) like tearing a page out here and creasing another one earmarking another thing cracking the spine (laughs) all horrible terrible things to do to a book but it seems to be working okay what is the effect on the economy i would love to direct these funnels to pick up the mini clunks like if they're coming down and just like sucking up things at random across Absurdia, I'd like to to nudge them. So allow them to touch down and just suck up the clunkin' axes. Market devaluation. I'm going to fan the flames. Oh, shit. <laughs> Uh-oh. I think Bowie sees what you're doing and says, no, you're upsetting the balance sheets. You're upsetting the balance sheets. And these funnel clouds plunge downward and start vacuuming up vast sections of the battlefield. Many of the code compliance officers see what's happening and are able to scatter. The mini clunks don't seem to have the same awareness, but swaths of bureaucracy and mini clunkanax alike are sucked up into the recessionary funnel clouds of the economy. <laughs> Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 19 of Monster Hour Absurdia. I know better than to interrupt the economy, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet and get you right back to it. As always, I want to thank everyone who's helped spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, and recommending the show to a friend. Word of mouth really is the best way to introduce new folks to the show, and we really do appreciate it. Don't forget that if you tweet, book, gram, talk, tumble, or sploot about the show using hashtag MonsterHourPod, you might wind up with a character named after you. We'll be heading into a new arc here shortly, which means new neighbors in need of naming. So now's the perfect time to let folks know how much you love the show. Our community spotlight this week is These Silent Secrets, a Monster Hearts 2 actual play that pairs supernatural small-town secrets with the drama of being teenage monsters. Fade in on Harbor Vale. A sleepy town in coastal Maine. Its residents continually harrowed by an unyielding mist that intrudes from the Atlantic. And, much like the town, veiled by this persistent precipitation, its residents veil secrets of their own. Secrets of an ancestral curse and the desire to embrace it. Secrets of justice, distributed in the shadows. Secrets of newfound duty, and a life left behind. Secrets of bestial instinct, clawing its way to the surface. And as we cast our eyes towards these silent secrets, we shall delve even deeper into what truly transpires down by the bay. These Silent Secrets is a Monster Hearts 2 actual play podcast. That's all we've got for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in March 21st for the next broadcast of WSOM, Radio Somewhere.
Max, mm -hmm. you turn to see a dim light ahead of you. The single headlamp, <gasps> almost out, just scarcely illuminating, of a vehicle its engine humming irregularly. For just a moment, the second headlight flickers on and then dies out once more. And as your eyes adjust to the light, you can see an old, beaten down, dilapidated, somewhere municipal fleet car. <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you do? I'm going to just walk slowly in the direction that I was walking originally. The wheels on the car turn forward with a slight crunch. And just like a little bit of that weird shrieking sound you get when your car travels through certain like old parking lots. Uh, yeah, 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 I know that sound. As it creeps forward <laughs> towards you. Okay, gonna keep walking. Is it staying the same distance behind me? Seems to be. So it's just following me. Yeah. Quinn, I made a friend! Sure. Hey. Max made a, hey. made a friend. All right, I'm walking around. Does the parking garage, like, go up? In your initial assessment, you weren't able to find anything, but as you continue sort of meandering, you see just the beginning of a ramp that seems to climb upward, but it disappears into darkness. I mean, I think I gotta go towards the ramp. As you approach, another set of headlights flicks on and you see another municipal fleet vehicle rusted over its door hanging off, dragging as it inches forward, come down the ramp towards you. Okay, I stop, I drop, I roll. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what does the car do, Quinn? It speeds towards you, as does the one behind you. What do you do? Oh, boy. Okay, well, if they're both going towards me, I'm going to try and time it and jump out of the way right before they hit each other. Face fear. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> I was hoping, Quinn, this was a like, oh, look, you've discovered a lost flock of ducklings and they've imprinted on you. Kinda, kinda You did situation. discover a lost flock. Uh-huh. And they do want to imprint tire marks on you. <laughs> Ooh, it's a seven. Okay. <laughs> oh. On a seven to nine, worst outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. Max, I think if you want them to collide, you're gonna get clipped in the process. Okay, fair. Let's do it. The two of them run headlong into one another with a sickening crunch, and you are caught in between. You're gonna take three harm. You know what? I'm gonna mark another anomaly, so I take no harm. Okay. <laughs> I like to imagine that you, like, glitch and you're a few feet away. Yes. Incredible. Then these two rundown beater fleet vehicles collide with a sickening crunch. Both of the hoods collapse down and the engines go silent. <laughs> well, this has been fun, but I'm not going to keep doing this. I go running up the ramp. Yeah. You go running up the ramp, and as you do, you can hear more engines starting up from the lowest level of the parking garage. And as you make it to the top of the ramp, you can hear them starting after you. Quinn, why am I in a horror movie? <laughs> you you all I mean... created a haunted parking garage. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of on us. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I keep running. Is there, are we keeping on me or are we switching? We're going to stick with you. Give okay. me a roll to save your skin. My You're God. running through the <laughs> L2 level of the derelict municipal parking garage. And one of these fleet vehicles, Tokyo drifts up out of the ramp and starts fishtailing towards you. That's a nine. On a seven to nine, you can choose to escape or not, but there will be a price to pay if you do. If you keep running, you're good enough that you know that you can dodge and weave. You can use some of the support pillars. You can use the environment to make sure that you evade these cars. But when you reach the entrance, they're going to be right on you. And so you're going to release this pack of feral fleet vehicles into the rest of somewhere. Yeah, I'm okay with that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yep. We get a flash <laughs> montage of Max running full speed, parkouring over the environment in the parking garage, ducking and, and weaving and just staying ever so slightly ahead. What's the like exit to this? Where has it been <laughs> buried for all these years? <laughs> My guess is it's behind like there's just been some bushes that have overgrown the bar that comes down and you got to like put your ticket up to it and then the bar comes up. The bar is long broken. It has ceased to function. But my guess is that the, just like the shrubbery has grown up around this entrance to the parking garage. I love that. Yeah. So Max, you reach what appears to just be a wall of carnivorous plants. <laughs> yep. And I go bolting through them. Yeah. Where do we think the entrance is? It's fucking right in front of City Hall. It's oh, where God. all of the carnivorous plants <laughs> have yeah. overgrown the wall. <laughs> and we see, like, Max throw her Y-hander in front of her, cleave through this wall of carnivorous plants, and just as the economy is touching down, hoovering up all of these people on the lawn, from the carnivorous plant garden, Max bursts out and then is followed by a dozen run-down, rusted, somewhere municipal fleet vehicles that sail over her, briefly turn, and then flee into town. Amazing. <laughs> I just hold up one single hand and wave goodbye. It's a problem for future Max, past Max, not present Max. It's not not a problem right now, but it will be, or it has been. Unclear. Incredible. (laughs) Max, as you get your bearings, the scene is thus. The battle which was raging not a few moments ago when you fell through is now in utter disarray and tumult as funnel clouds ringing with the sounds of cash registers, swirling with accounting symbols are siphoning up mini clunks and bureaucrats alike. Overhead, Jeremy has pinned Clunkanax Prime, which is now about half the size that it was at the beginning of the fight, and is punching it in Duncan's face, fountains of affluence cascading off as he does so. And he's crying out, Ha ha ha, yes, Duncan, I got you now! <laughs> oh, God, gonna okay. deal with this later. <laughs> what do the three of you do? We gotta just clean up the rest of these mini clunks. Mm-hmm. Top priority is make sure they don't reconstitute a whole other clunkin' axe. There's maybe like one or two mini clunks left. Most of what's happening now is coming off clunkin' axe prime. Mm-hmm. And you can see some of it's, they're starting to reform, but they haven't fully become mini clunks yet. 
don't let them reform. And I just run out and I start stomping on bits of golden pogs. <laughs> okay. I'm just making as many Claire coins as humanly possible. <laughs> Duncan, are, are you using your first bank of somewhere containment devices? Yeah, I've, I've run out. I've got a, like a little bento box under my arm <laughs> of envelopes. And I'm like stomping on little masses of gold and like scooping it up in an envelope and then leaving that envelope on the ground because it's contained. And I go out and stomp on some more stuff. Duncan, give me a roll to face fear because the economy is still in hyperdrive after the stimulus shot that you gave it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my God. Facing fear. Oh, uh, six. Oh, no. Uh, on a miss, everything goes to hell. Yep. <laughs> Duncan, you run out and you are able to collect a not insignificant amount of gold doubloons and pogs and clear coins and all manner of currency, but you don't see one of the tendrils behind you and you are sucked up into the economy. Oh, uh, Go ahead and mark two essence for me. Oh, yeah. Well, bye. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Shit. Well, uh, Duncan disappears. I mean, I am sucked up into the economy. Yeah. There. <laughs> Duncan recedes. I'm going to be insufferable later. <laughs> Claire, there are, I think, two mini clunks left. I think Claire has really gotten a great idea for these fun little earrings that are essentially the Claire head of the Clunkanax. So she's going to try to use her nails to slice off the Claire head on both of these. <laughs> which Jesus probably Christ. mechanically is the same thing, but... Yeah, give me a roll to fight for your life. That's a nine. Okay. You're going to take one harm. I think the two remaining mini clunks leap towards you, seeing the golden visage of yourself and themselves on your belt. <laughs> and they fall upon you, but you you dispatch them with startling violence. That sounds like it should be my tagline, startling <laughs> violence. Startling violence. <laughs> that, I think it is. Not you do take one harm, but those clunks are coinage, and the crowd just laps them up. Awesome. I love it. Real quick, this is an intermission break, and there's a black screen, and Claire walks on stage, puts her hands together, and she's wearing a Mr. Rogers sweater. And she says, we've all had a lot of fun here today, folks. It's important that we learn a good lesson about the economy. We've said a lot of things here today. We've talked about Keynes. We've also pronounced him Keynes, because who cares? <laughs> but really, if you're going to take anything away from this, please go look up Annie Lowry. This has been your public service announcement. And then Claire walks off stage. And Tio, the person, fully supports this message and did not get an okay from anyone else on, uh, <laughs> on this podcast. But you all should go check out Annie Lowry instead, because Keynes can go suck an egg. And now we're back. Go on. Fabulous. Max. <laughs> yes. As you're getting your bearings, Duncan runs out, collects some coinage, and then is spirited away quickly by the economy. Just a cloud of envelopes left in his wake. Claire has destroyed the last of the mini clunks, and the remaining bureaucrats are righting themselves and retreating back to the gates of City Hall, which leaves Clunkanax prime. Now returned to roughly the size of a mammoth, most of its body destroyed by giant Jeremy and a crowd of somewhere's everyday citizens like carrion picking away the lingering valuables. But 
The last remnant of Clunkanax Prime, now just your three heads with like a tiny little octopus base that it's sort of like skittering around on, mm -hmm. uh, appears to be fleeing. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna go get it. Claire is too busy shining and polishing her Claire heads. <laughs> Horrible. Quinn, <laughs> I would like to get this thing. I'm going to go running after it. I think from a pile of gold doubloons, you see Solar like burst out, hands up with a, <laughs> a cry. <laughs> and they grab their partisan spear, lock eyes with you, and also start charging towards it in fierce competition. Uh-oh. Run faster. Faster! Max, give me a roll to face fear uh, as you and Solar charge headlong after Clunkanex Prime darting and weaving through the tendrils of the economy as they rake one last time over the battlefield before beginning to recede at the intonations of Bowie and the economists. That's a six. God. <laughs> it's a fucking six. It's a fucking six. Max trips. Both you and Solar, I think. One wild tendril of the recession sweeps past the two of you, lifts you both up, and you feel it's not like time travel, but it's perhaps equally disorienting, more so because you don't really know what's what to expect or what it is, but you feel diminished in a way that you can't really describe. You could only put it into words as less prosperous. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're going to go ahead and mark two essence. Okay. Both you and Solar are flung to the edge of the municipal lawn, go tumbling end over end, and I don't think Solar gets back up. Oh, no. <gasps> the Clunkanax has reached the edge of the lawn now. I picked myself up, feeling like if Max knew what tax brackets were, Max would know the feeling of being bumped into a lower tax bracket. <laughs> that is the feeling. So Max picks herself up, dusts herself off a little bit, and takes off in a mad dash towards the clunkin' axe. Give me a roll to fight for your life. God damn it. <laughs> Do you have any essence left? I have one essence left. You can't push yourself now. You can't push yourself. <laughs> it's a nine. <laughs> okay, on a seven and nine, you inflict harm on each other as oh. established. The Clunkanax turns and faces you, and your own mouth swallows you whole. <laughs> Just like one chomp devour, and so you're gonna take two harm. And for a moment, the gilded likeness of you smiles. And then we see from its forehead, your Zweihander emerge. <laughs> Slice from end to end, and the Clunkanax falls into two pieces, you emerging from the inside of it. The two halves start to reform, but you slash until they are nothing but puddles of coinage and affluence. And at that point, the crowd catches up to you and they start divvying it up. And as the Clunkanax falls to ruin, the funnel clouds of the economy, the tendrils of the recession, shrink back up into the sky. The storm clouds recede, and all is sunny over somewhere City Hall. Yeah. Woo! We did it! Well, we did. I don't know where Duncan is. Reporting live from the Fed. Ha 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 ha!